Welcome to the Creative Nectar Podcast. Your hosts are Jenny Hahn and Stephanie Gray, and together we share conversations and practices around art making as a path to self-discovery, recovering wholeness, and living an authentic life. So settle in, make yourself comfortable, and enjoy the nourishing taste of Creative Nectar. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to the Creative Nectar podcast. I am your co-host, Jenny Hahn. Hi, and I'm Stephanie Gray. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. And if this is your first time here, we are so glad that you have tuned in. And today we're going to talk about something that Steph and I are both really excited about, which is magic in the mistakes. So (laughs) are we ready to jump in, Steph? Yeah, yeah, let's. Let's delve into the land of mistakes, which I am using air quotes when I say mistakes, but for sure. Yeah, let's just dive in. I don't know. I mean, I think it's funny because when we were talking about this last week and this was going to be what we talked about, we decided this was going to be the the theme. I remember thinking and even saying out loud, well, I don't know if there's much I can contribute to that. (laughs) (laughs) which I think is just, I started thinking about it and I was like, well, that's ridiculous because everything that I created, at least initially in the first few years of process art, I felt was a mistake because I didn't, Mm. I didn't know how to draw. I didn't have the first idea about how to, maybe if I had something in my head, just even just for a second and to try and put it onto a piece of paper, it was, it never looked the way that I thought it should look or that I even thought it should look conventionally in real life. You know, it was always, you know, a leg was on backwards or, you know, the lines were squiggly or whatever. So for me, that whole magic in the mistake has been huge. I mean, it's really allowed me to just sit with, sit with the discomfort of, something that is right in front of me that doesn't look that that is what I perceive as a mistake and doesn't look right and that so mm-hmm. um to just to backtrack I guess when you're when you're working process art one of the guidelines is that you can't start over you can't like mark over something or or paint over something you can't try to fix it So you just sort of have to be with what you're feeling like isn't right. And that has been one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. I don't know about you, Jenny, but it, I mean, it might be a little different for you because you're coming from, you know, you have the artistic background of being able to paint what you see in your head, at least, you know, I'm guessing. (laughs) No, it's the same for all of us. Just it different just, different conditions, but yes. Yeah, I feel like you might have better tools, but then that's just this thought that I had, you know, like this assumption. Right. Um, but right. yeah, just being able to be okay with a mistake and sitting with it and then walking away from it and allowing it to soften. And the next time you come to your page, because inevitably you probably come to the same page the next week if you're in a, a series, a painting series. And you, 
And I was able to have that softening that happened. So when I looked at that same piece that I couldn't, I couldn't stand looking at the week before something softened and it shifted and I was able to really take it in and be like, I made that, you know, and Mm -hmm. there was just something so profound that has stuck with me for the rest of my life. I mean, that's part of, part of me now is just the embracing of my mistakes not only on page and in art, but in life too. Not, it's not a perfect game, not always, but it's definitely softened like the process. Mm, beautiful. I, yeah, thank you for that, Steph. I, I love that we, as we're talking, you know, obviously the listeners can't see us, but I love how we keep using air quotes, you know, when we talk <laughs> about getting it right or a mistake. And and if we could just step back for a second and just what is a mistake really i mean we we we're using the this language but really it's so funny because when this this thought this belief that we can mess up this belief that there's a right versus a wrong that there's a that there's an accurate way to do something doesn't always fit well within the the realm of creativity right it might fit in some other fields or in, in other ideologies, maybe in the world of law or I don't know, architecture or something. But but in the in the realm of this this type of creative expression that we're talking about, process art, um, exp- you know, creative expression from the inside out, regardless of the medium, the idea that there's a right or wrong way to do anything. It's kind of ridiculous, right? (laughs) I mean, because, you know, of course, we can easily get attached to results and we we think we know how it's supposed to be. But that doesn't that doesn't align with the nature of creativity. I'd like to share something with you listeners that I have not shared yet. And that is because I am just about to launch my first book, Creative Flow. Tap and express your juicy essence. And I want to read a passage because this this aligns so much with this conversation. So the passage I want to read is from the chapter on releasing attachments. And I write, If you've ever been delightfully surprised by the result of a creative action, then you might be familiar with the alchemy that naturally occurs when any predetermined ideas loosen and leave room for spontaneity, mystery, and magic to happen. And yet, all too often, that alchemy gets thwarted by the mind that jumps in prematurely to compare, criticize, and critique. The energy of forcing or controlling is not conducive to creative flow. It goes against the grain of creativity. The very definition of creativity points to the birth of something new or different. So how can I know with absolute certainty how it's supposed to be if it never existed before? So that again is from my upcoming book, creative flow, tap and express your juicy essence. And yeah, thanks for encouraging me to share that stuff. <laughs> I know it wasn't easy. I really, I, I, I recognize that it wasn't easy. I mean, this is also, it feels it like it might be vulnerable. I mean, it, it certainly would for me. And I applaud you for stepping into that. And I think it's wonderful. And, and the quote itself really does speak to 
you know, how are we to know? How is it necessarily our business what wants to be born through us? And then some of the most profound things have come through me that didn't make any sense initially that had I not, you know, had a guideline that said you can't start over, you can't cover it up, I would have because it was uncomfortable to be with or didn't make sense. But in the long run, it ended up speaking to me like it was my divine self, my higher self, whatever word you want to insert there. It was her speaking to me. And I don't think we have, I mean, you know, if we're always going to stifle things before they can have, have the full birth, I, I don't know. Creativity isn't about stifling. And mm. I, so I just, mm, thank you for reading that. Mm, my pleasure. Yeah. The, it, creativity requires being, being willing to get a little uncomfortable in that not knowing and yeah, we always want to speed it up, speed up the process, jump to the jump to the finish line before we've done it. Um, you know, expressive therapist and author Sean McNiff, whose book I love, Trust the Process, talks about um, yeah, the biggest block, the biggest block to creativity is that premeditation, wanting it to be done before we do it. And and I love how he says that the the epiphany always arrives unannounced. <laughs> God, I love that. I could hear that over and over again. Oh, yes. Yeah. So there, there's a process to it that we are invited to step into the, the complete unknown and really trust and take that step-by-step journey. And if we just go and cover everything up every step of the way, it's like it's not allowing that space for that, for the epiphany to arrive unannounced, to, yeah. to to discover something new, as you as you said earlier, absolutely, I can't imagine, and I I probably will say this every episode, but I can't imagine my life without process art. It has truly created for me a, a completely new way to live. It's encouraged me to use my intuition because that's what we're talking about, really, I believe, you know, allowing something to come yes. in and inform us without judging it and and saying yes to something, even though we don't know how to do it. I, I, I don't know. There's just there is so much magic. It is alchemy. Mm, yeah. And and sometimes that 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 process of like you were saying earlier, when you, when you paint or create something and you don't like it and then seeing what else it wants to become. I mean, I think of like the, the Bob Ross idea of <laughs> there's no mistakes that there's the happy little accidents. You know, I've had so many examples of where, like when I just pl- start to play actually, like rather than, ah, oh, it's a mistake, but like, well, then what does it want to become? And, and getting playful with it, I, it's been hilarious at times, like what will show up? I'm guessing you have stories of that as well. Do you have anything you want to share, Steph? I do. There, just because as you were speaking, this image that I have in one of my altered books pops in and it's honestly one of my favorite images now, but it's this, it's this little being who's like butt is is on backwards and the arms aren't <laughs> right and he's wearing this little cap and I remember 
I remember at first being like, oh God, I've really screwed up here. You know, this is years into doing this, still having that thought. And then just being like, I'm just going to go with it. Of course, I'm just going to go with it. And now it's so magical. I think I'm going to share it. So I'll share it on our Instagram page, but it is great. It is. It just, I, every time I see it, I love it more. And it, it really flows back into me loving a part of me that I haven't loved, you know, like it just, Mm. it feeds everything. Mm. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I think you, you really touched on something big here, which is yeah, that when we resist something we create, it's like, what in ourselves are we resisting? What in ourselves are we judging? Are we trying to control the presentation of or the expression of? It's like, yeah, it's like the inside is the outside, vice versa. It's all the same. And how are we how are we censoring our own spirit, our own being, our own expression in the world? It, it all interrelates. <laughs> it does. And I'm, I, you can't see me, but I am like nodding vigorously over here. <laughs> I could not agree more. And I, I, this is, this is one of those topics that lights my, my fire in my heart. It really gets mm. me excited because it is from this place that so much can be born, you know, compassion for others, compassion for yourself and acceptance you know, inside and outside and patience and trust. Mm, trust. trust is a big yeah. one. Trust that like, okay, it's supposed to come this way. Mm. And can I just be with that? And then also it's taught me how to be with discomfort in my life. You mm. know, when you just want to crawl out of your skin because you don't like something and it's not the way that you planned or wanted it to be. How can you just be like, okay, yep, that's correct. And how can I be with it? Right, right. And I'm thinking of how many artists and musicians and creators throughout history have had those pivotal moments of uh, that that's where their entire style revealed itself or their entire, you know, signature came through is like in those moments of what was perceived to be a mistake based on the public opinion of the time, based on whatever is acceptable. It's like, this is how art movements develop <laughs> is to go against the grain to see what comes from within out and yeah it's not going to fit in with the the social or cultural norms like it's not it's because it's unique because it never existed before goosebumps I mean, yeah <laughs> yeah goosebumps <laughs> you know as you're talking i'm thinking of picasso i'm thinking of miles davis and the free jazz movement and mm-hmm. i know that you have one of our favorite quotes it was one a big one back in the nectar brick and mortar days do you want to share that yes when miles davis said do not fear mistakes there are none mm-hmm. i miles davis i yeah i love his story um he you know later in life picked up art and and painting and drawing, actually. I mean, obviously, he was a musical genius for just decades. I mean, talk about shifting with the times and 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 always birthing something new. But um, yeah, he picked up painting and drawing. And I remember there was a uh, he was in an interview once and the the person interviewing him was asking, so what happens when you draw a wrong line? Is it similar to when you make a, a wrong note in music? 
And, and Miles said, the note next to the one you think is bad corrects the one in front of it. Mm. And it's, it's like, yeah, it's like with painting. It's like the line next to it corrects the one, the note you play next, uh, you know, Herbie Hancock, uh, played with Miles and, and, and a group on stage and, and thought he had made a mistake once on the piano, like a wrong chord. It was really a, a dissonant, you know, it was obviously uh, when he was soloing. And it's like he said what Miles played next made it right. It's, it's, all, it's all about in this unfolding. It's like there are no mistakes. Whatever you do next validates the first one. It, 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 it can bring in something that makes it intentional, you know? And I just love that. Like the freedom, the freedom that comes from, it's almost like bringing this playful attitude to life and this improvisation of I'm going to explore and I'm going to make it up as I go. And if something doesn't feel right, I'm going to make it right by what I do next. And this isn't about correcting or fixing. This is about what you add to it in relation. Mm. You know, it really brings it right back to that trust that we were talking about. The trust in trusting. I am a creator being, right? I, I, I can follow the unfolding with confidence, you know, at least cultivating mm. that trust and that confidence, knowing I am a creator being. So whatever comes out is going to be perfect. Absolutely. Again, with the quotations. With quotations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. Well, let's move into some prompts and practices for the listeners. So Steph, do you have some writing prompts for us today? I do have a couple before we do that, because one was born from a quote that I was reading uh, by Pema Chodron from her book, uh, when things fall apart, which I highly recommend. Oh yes. Um, yes, yes, it's yes. one of my favorites, but the quote says without giving up hope that there's somewhere better to be, that there's someone better to be, we will never relax with where we are or who we are. And that really spoke to me as far as what we've just talked about. Um, so the first mm. writing prompt I want to give born from that is, when I give up hope that there is somewhere or someone better to be, I feel. Just fill in the blank there. Mm, Another, nice. yeah, thanks. Another simpler, I think, um, writing prompt is, what would I do if there were no mistakes and how would my life change? Just mm. something to think about. <laughs> and if you can write in your journal, even better. Um, and remember, there are no mistakes when we write in our journal. There can be no mistakes. You don't have to edit. You don't have to do anything. Just stream of consciousness. So, yeah, that's what right, I got. Right, right. Ooh, I love that. And how would your life change? Ah, oh, beautiful. So what about, um, do you have any exercises or practices for us? Yeah, I'd like to share one. I, I share something similar to this, uh, again, in my book creative flow. And um, the practice I want to share is, uh, I call it creatively destroying <laughs> something, but um, the practice is to find a piece of, if you have a piece of visual art you've been working on that you don't like, something that you've been judging, maybe it's a sketch, or maybe it's a doodle, or maybe it's a painting, or 
whatever it is, like finding something that you just didn't finish or that you threw away, threw down and said, oh, I don't like it. And then giving yourself permission to creatively destroy it. And I have quotations again around this. <laughs> Because we're not going to actually destroy. So you might be inclined to rip something up or burn it or throw it in the trash. But the practice here, and this is taken again from what we've done in process art over the years, is to use paint or markers or drawing implements to destroy it through the image. So if you feel a desire to burn something up or tear it up, maybe... um, using paint to create a fire or to, uh, you know, maybe, maybe drawing some divisions and like cracks in it, or, you know, maybe there's an earthquake in the piece or something. I don't know, but it's like giving permission to play and to get, to get creative with, it's like, it's to the point where you feel, you know, you can't, you feel you can't make it any worse. So it's like, Ooh, how bad can I make it then? You know, like what, what would be the most delicious and fun way to make this as bad as possible? (laughs) How, how horrible can this get? How horrible can it get? (laughs) How, how ridiculous can it get? How, yeah, it's like, again, this is like, speaking of Pema Chodron, this is like leaning into the difficulties, right? So instead of judging and saying, oh, I made a mistake, it's like, ooh, how could I really mess this up and mess it up creatively? And then just give yourself permission, just play, play with it and have fun. Mm, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I can remember setting a few things on fire. Um, and, and doing it with, with intention, with paint, <laughs> with paint. Thank you. Yeah. Although I have been known to burn things, but yes, right. With paint. Oh, um, Great. and I think you had a, a somatic practice, right? Yes, it is basically. So having done years and years of sessions and workshops, um, we, we know that we all suffer from this about making mistakes and and the fear of saying yes when we want to say no or when we think we should be saying no or whatever just in your daily life or or at your page or you know if you're creating something on the piano or whatever and you feel like you've made a mistake just stop and pause and feel where that is hitting in your body and just take a second mm-hmm. to be with it to feel it in your body to breathe into it to imagine that you could scribble it out with a particular color maybe and that's it just to just to notice like okay there's discomfort here mm. yeah mm. i yeah i love that it's like bringing that mindfulness into that into the body into the moment of yeah how does it feel when i believe i've made a mistake mm. or the reverse of that i think you were saying earlier how does it feel when i say yes to something even when I perceive it to be a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you feel that in your body? Like, how does that, how does that live in you? Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you listeners so much for joining us. And as always, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any stories, any magic in the mistakes that have shown up in your life. And again, mistakes with quotations, um, <laughs> Then hit us up. Come to, uh, yeah, creativenectarstudio.com, and we'd love to hear from you. 
Absolutely. And don't forget to, to um, join our Instagram page. That's where we bring a lot of these images that we talk about. We do the writing prompts and we share, we just share more with you. So we'd love to see you mm. there. All right. Thank you all so much. And we look forward to joining you again next time. Bye everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. This has been a Creative Nectar Studio production.